You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. One catch. One catch. Addison Richards. I will remember you. Will you remember me? Will you remember us, Addison? The Regina Rams suck. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the Two and Out CFL Podcast. Every week, John Fraser. I'm actually part Canadian. No doubt to boot it. Who wants to draft me? Love me a rouge. And Travis Curra. Man, if they go with Sanceri over Brett Smith, then nothing has changed in Saskatchewan. We'll deliver news and fantasy analysis from the Canadian Football League. And nonsense. Uh, what do you call it? You're supposed to do the thing where you talk. Can you pretend like you're like in- interested in the thing, but you just the need interview. the money? Yeah, 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 the, the inner blue. Can't forget the nonsense. I thought you should know I ate two carrot muffins as you were drunk, Jim Barker. Ready, set, hut. Speaking of double-doubles, big thanks to the guy in the Black Falls, Tim Horton's drive through this morning that bought my... A double-double. You are a awesome uh, person, a gentleman and a scholar. It is Travis Curra, and holy sh- I'm back, and I'm better than ever. Better than ever. For making things better. Making things better. I don't know about that. <laughs> let it ride. Just let it ride. <laughs> Bringing down the quality of podcasts since 1986. That's right. I almost feel like that. I'm fired up. I feel like like walking out WWE style with fireworks and stuff going off, and then like. Although I do think the John Cena theme would be more my thing. I, I actually think you should get the Gilberg sparklers. You know, <laughs> you don't yes. deserve the big pyro. You de- you deserve the birthday cake pyro. Yes, I do. I deserve the pyro that I won't burn anything down because I don't trust myself with fire. It's nice of you to show up. Uh, hey, yeah, I'm glad that uh, I'm surprised you haven't removed me from the intro. That's the only thing I'm not surprised. I'm a little surprised about. I know apparently I'm always just welcome to kick Brazilian tie or you know your imaginary friend off the podcast. But uh, <laughs> you know, I'm just glad you rolled out the welcome mat for me, Travis Kura. <laughs> Let's get right to the news. In the huddle with Fraser and Kura on the Two and Out podcast. Hey, at least when you show up, I still have the uh, imagers ready for you. So. <laughs> Absolutely. I can just uh, let me get the sparklers. Let me relish in this moment because the <laughs> Fraser has come back to the two and out seat. Why? I, I do that like three times a year. <laughs> the podcast or the rock impression? <laughs> um, Both? <laughs> yeah, I think it's both. Uh, this week, the Argos are set to play the Alouettes, but the big news Will Ricky Ray play or not? They never really confirmed it until Wednesday. Ricky Ray will not play against Montreal. He's still experiencing soreness in that shoulder. I'm just having having some pain when I throw, and um, you know, it's it's uh, keeping me from you know being able to go out there and perform right now. So, um, you know, it's been improving every day, uh, but it's just not at a point right now where you know I can go out and, and throw a full practice. They haven't said if it's going to be Fajardo or Matthews, but I can't see the Argos succeeding very much with either of them. No, and also take a drink for every time Ricky Ray says, you know, in that clip, you know, it's almost as bad as Corey Chamberlain, you know, because, you know, I think, Travis, you know, with uh, Fajardo, I think we just need Fajardo and uh, Sergio to play the same game against each other. So we can be like, Cody, Fajardo, Labor Day. Exactly. So I just I hope that Ricky Ray stays out until Labor Day um, because of that sore shoulder. I mean, let's face it. We knew this was going to happen with Ricky Ray. He's getting older. He's a little more injury prone. You know, he's going to miss a couple of games each year. Let's just hope it's not long term for, you know, the 17 Argos fans that are out there. Let's stick with another Ricky. Ricky Foley signs in B.C. where his career began way back in 2006. Here he is talking about the biggest factor about why he signed back in B.C. Probably the main factor was just the comfort level I have here in B.C. From the city that I've lived in for so many years, even during my off seasons I lived out here, um, the coaching staff, the players. Um, I, I, I love Mark, you know. Bible study. I've ate at his house before. You know, uh, 
One of the first people I've seen actually at the locker room the other night was his whole family, and just seeing his daughters grow up and how crazy, you know, how big they are now, and seeing his, uh, you know, his mom there too. So it was great. Um, I love Mark as a person, and he's doing his thing as a coach. And I laughed with some of the guys downstairs yesterday. I said, uh, you know, I used to play with Mark, and like Mark who? I'm like, you know, Coach Washington. I'm like, you played with him? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, what was your first year? I said, 2006. So now I'm just telling everybody, you know, when we, you know, I was here in 2010. That's what I say now, 2009, you know. Uh, I'm not letting anybody know I was here in 06 with Mark when he was still running around like a young, a young pup back there playing safety. The funny thing about all this is that Ricky Foley was in Vancouver over the weekend. Oh, who's the fuzzy friend? Uh, probably one of my neighbor's dogs. I'm oh. recording this out on my deck. <laughs> it's screened in. It's a nice night in Saskatoon. And because summer lasts for about a, you know, a hot minute here in Saskatchewan, i got to take it all in as I can. <laughs> Foley was in Vancouver to take part in the Ryderville celebration before the game. So I, know. Uh, I guess while he's in town, uh, hey, Wally, you want to chat? Hey, he got an offer he couldn't refuse from the Godfather. <laughs> the funniest, the funniest part about this was I sp- I spent my uh, Sunday of the long weekend out on a beach, and my brother and sister in law were there. And my sister in law absolutely watches no football, and she's like, "Oh my God, have you guys heard of Ricky Foley?" <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, he plays for the Riders. And I looked at her, deadpan. I'm like, I will bet you everything I own he does not play for the Riders. Did she take it? Yeah, she did. She's like, okay. And then she went to Google it. And that's how I found out he signed with BC. Because an hour before this conversation, he signed with BC. Regardless, Ricky Foley is so sexy in her eyes that even a non-football watcher was like, oh, my God, he is so sexy. And I'm like, I know. I've known this for, like, years. I've stared in his steely eyes during a media scrum or two with even my heart having palpitations. So what new uh, items do you own? Like, do you have a new vehicle, a new house? Like, <laughs> The bet was one way. I think it was everything I own, and she put up a coffee. Ah, Damn it. Uh, I know. I couldn't quite get her to go one for one because then, yes, I would have a place, a couple vehicles, all in Lloyd Minster, and you could just call me Saskatchewan's real estate king. They could actually sell, you know, you know, they sell those long sleeves with fake tattoos. Yep. If, if they sold like Ricky Foley's arms, like a template yes. of Ricky Foley's arms, and you wore those out to the bar, ah, oh, you'd be getting all the attention instantly. Your success rate would go up significantly, male or female, <laughs> I would say. Uh, Jeff Reinbold, another guy with tons of tattoos, relieved as defensive coordinator in Hamilton. He Honestly, I, I'm not cutting down the guy. He wasn't cut out for defensive coordinator, and it's not. No. I'm, I'm not being mean to him because he was an incredible special teams guy. Yeah, I don't know why they ever made that switch. Maybe Jeff Reinbold was the one that was trying to push that switch. Like, come on, let me, come on, put me in, coach. You know, I'm ready to play. But anybody that's, you know, a former coach of the Las Vegas Posse, I've always got a special place in my heart. Even though he was perhaps the largest dumpster fire of a Winnipeg Blue Bombers coach in my <laughs> life. And that is that is saying something to it top is. that list. So I, Mike I wouldn't be surprised. Kelly, if- anybody? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised to see if he, at least he didn't bite, beat his wife like Mike Kelly allegedly did. Um, I wouldn't be as surprised to see Jeff Reinbold uh, end up someplace as a special teams coordinator, because obviously he's really good at that. I wonder if he's still going to ca- tweet in all caps, though. I think he will. Apparently, the Tiger Cats have offered him uh, a different position within the organization. I I think he's kind of went home. I don't know if he's going to take it. Philip Lawley is now the D.C. He he got promoted from defensive run game coordinator and linebackers coach to defensive coordinator. I see a difference here between the Tiger Cats and the Rough Riders. The the Tiger Cats seem to have a little bit of accountability, and they're making changes I don't know if they can do that in Saskatchewan since Chris Jones is doing anything. Should there be any changes in Saskatchewan yet? Oh, yeah. I think we're... But on the same note, uh, I'm torn on this one. I'm genuinely torn on this one. I think at some point there has to be accountability, but let's face it. They screwed themselves so badly with the salary cap to win in 2013 that you're just starting to see the rebuild come on now. I I think... I know Brazilian Ty will disagree with me, but I think you almost have to give that Chris Jones core at least 
one more season. I do think, though, that the Riders should be ponying up and getting rid of some of his responsibilities. I get it. The defense has been probably their saving grace this year, but... I just that's too much, you know, for one man. Like either let him focus on coaching and have a management advisory role, but it just seems like he's got way too much on his plate. Uh, another change as well too that you don't have in the in the notes here is it seems like they shifted around their offensive staff. I do believe Steph Patansik is now sitting in the corner, uh, basically playing with an etch a sketch after he's been not demoted, <laughs> but he's the OC, but won't be calling plays or doing really anything. Do they have a light bright for him? Because that would totally be worth it. <laughs> yeah, and all the light bright is going to do is spell out the various offers from every U-sports school in the country coming his way. <laughs> he, oh, I, I feel bad for the guy. He comes in, he, he calls one game, and Ken's like, eh, nah. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Angry Kent just... No, actually, let's face it. Kent was not like, nah. We had some people talk for an angry Kent. Let's see. This is what the conversation went yeah, like. Yeah, but this is what an angry Kent Austin is like. He's at the stage... You know those teachers in school that would give you crap with a smile on their face? Yeah. He he is angry with a smile on his face, and he could punch you in the face at any moment. <laughs> But I, I don't I don't feel he's like that. And in fact, Travis, um, uh, you play the role of totally not Steph Patancic here uh, because I totally have legitimate audio from the conversation about the one game. All okay. Right? Okay. Here we go. All right. All right. Knock, knock, knock. Steph, get in there. Oh, okay. Okay. What do you want, Kent? Hey, that one game you called it was the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. You're so bad at this. Oh, my God. Now I'm making dogs bark, but holy you're the worst offensive coordinator that ever existed. Kent, I can't believe that you actually... Relax. We should run the ball. <laughs> Running the ball. I'm going to do OC again. Okay. See you later. <laughs> That's exactly how it went. That's basically how it went, except Steph Patancic was quickly sliding into the DMs of many U-sports schools with a U-up. <laughs> Some BC Lions practice reports from this week. Brian Burnham limped off the practice field on Wednesday. We'll see what comes of this. I assume he's going to play on Sunday, but Jonathan Jennings has taken the majority of reps, reps at quarterback. The ironic thing here is that suddenly Jennings is the most healthy quarterback that BC has after uh, Travis Lule took quite the shot to his ribs last week. They're just going to rotate through. You know, Jennings missed a couple games. Lule missed a couple games. They're just going to keep rolling and keep doing well at the football thing. I mean, honestly, with the way that Saskatchewan has looked at times this year and with that receiving core, I do believe you, as the armchair quarterback champion from Grey Cup 2011, I do believe you could stand back there and chuck and at least maybe beat the Riders. Yeah, I, I think so, too. And if we're going to talk injuries, we better talk about the Eskimos it just oh continues to pile up. Brandon Zilstra, who's been an absolute savior at CFL Fantasy. If you've been picking him, he's been consistent. He's been great, but he's on the one-game injured list. Add Gary Peters to that. Add offensive lineman Justin Sorensen to that. Duke Williams is questionable. Shamog Chambers will get his first start of the season. How long can they be undefeated for? This is just this speaks to the depth again in Edmonton. And now I pose the question to you, Travis Cura. Edmonton's success, more so Chris Jones or most, more so Ed Hervey? I get it. Hervey's gone, but he brought in a lot of this team. And, you know, like you said, with that growing injury list to still be 6-0, and I'm starting to think it might have been more Ed Hervey leading to their success than Chris Jones. Or then uh, Brock Sunderland or Jason Moss or whoever. They... Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, Hervey... Pretty much built this team, I mean, for yep. the most part. And, uh, I mean, <laughs> they're doing so well. Although, Hervey, I, I don't believe, was there for the draft. And they ended up drafting Kwaku Boateng in the fifth round. And I think this guy might be rookie of the year. And yeah. to have that in the fifth round is absolutely incredible. And, uh, I mean, this team is so banged up. And they are so deep. And they end up actually releasing... Uh, Tony Washington, offensive tackle, who already signed in Hamilton. So there still is depth there, at least at the import positions. Uh, when are they going to run out of guys? It's like Calgary and Edmonton are sharing players. 
Well, I just got, uh, I just looked at my Twitter feed and I just got a DM from uh, Jason un- at underscore Moss underscore my ears are big. Um, <laughs> and all it says is, you up? So I don't know what that means. I wonder if maybe they're looking for, maybe it, maybe they're looking for a guy who was six and two as a starting quarterback in the Lloyd Minster Flag Football League. Does that mean you've put on 120 pounds since I last saw you? You're going to be playing right guard for the Eskimos. That's actually probably more that more like it. You and know grow, that is that, and grew 18 inches. <laughs> <laughs> yes, all of a sudden I'm now six foot six and offensive tackle size. I'm not still just fat and short. <laughs> Hamilton fans will like this news. Emmanuel Davis returns to the practice field for the Tiger Cats, one of the best defensive players in the game. And I'd argue that that team looks a whole lot different if they don't have all those injuries on the back end. Craig Butler, Abdul Kane, Emmanuel Davis. Uh, But injuries maybe aren't an excuse anymore because you look what Edmonton's going through. And they they have all that depth that's able to step up and uh, come in there, and Hamilton just does not have that. Through all that, despite the team being 0-6, they are two points away from being tied for a playoff spot. (laughs) They totally are! They're not out of this! Oh, that's just like, they. they, could you imagine if they start like 0-8 and go on to make the playoffs? They could! I would puke everywhere. I would just vomit everywhere, uncontrollably. <laughs> if they actually go, like, if they only win six games in the remaining 12 games, they could actually still make the playoffs. That's disgusting. This The, the league needs to get rid of, rid of the divisions tomorrow. This is unbelievable. That's an interesting discussion, but why is it this way that the East is just what it is? Uh why is it so imbalanced? And uh, I I don't think the Grey Cup would have the viewership it does if it's going to be Calgary versus Edmonton. I think it would, though, because where are the fan bases that give a damn? And it's right? the two best teams. Exactly. It's the two best teams. You're still going to draw your casual fans. I mean, let's let's face it. Out of all the markets that give a damn, most of them are in the West. Like, you could argue, with the exception of a couple ugly showings for the BC Lions, that those are the four teams that people care about, you know, the most. And even BC starting to gain some nice momentum as that team continues to do well. But, I mean, we've been over the dumpster fire that is Toronto. Montreal doesn't seem to be in much better of a spot attendance-wise. Ottawa, Red Blacks Nation, you're awesome. And, again, the Ticats fans are awesome. But I just think that, that when you have a fan base that holds you accountable and you have to basically keep up with the Joneses, I think that's why the West has been so good for so long. I mean, all of those Western teams have the deep pockets backed up by fan support or ownership to go out and get guys, and that's what they've continued to do. I mean, the Riders this year are an absolute dumpster fire, and they're still selling out. Well, I mean, they basically sold out the season before game one, and when you do that, (laughs) you're in good shape. Yeah, that helps. It doesn't really matter. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we don't have to be good. As long as we can sell you the tickets before July 1, we're okay. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Moses Madu will start at running back for the Red Blacks because William Powell hurt his ankle last week. More running back news. Tyrell Sutton returns for the Alouettes, and so does Tyquan Underwood at practice anyway. Darian Durant has got sort of a rapport with uh, Tyquan Underwood, so he might be worth a cheap pick in fantasy. Let's talk about the games last week. Time for the Fantasy Expose on the 2 and Out Podcast. And the first game of the week was Calgary smashing Toronto. The story of the game is Ricky Ray getting hurt. Second and 11. The rush again. They continue to harass Ray. Down he goes. Down goes the football. Penalty flag on the play. And Ricky Ray is hurt. And Charleston Hughes is down to the 20. Flags everywhere. Ray was down face first on the grass. And now he's up, holding his arm, slowly making his way to the sideline. The initial rumor was that he is going to be out four to six weeks, but there was some hope that he might even play this week. Maybe he only misses 
two or three weeks, but that Calgary Stampeders defensive line continues to be the reason teams are getting crushed. <laughs> oh, a- absolutely. Calgary's just putting the pressure on. Also, can we stop for a minute? Was that actually Rod Black with a decent call? Hey, I, I, I was actually, you read my mind. I want to give Rod Black credit for his calls on big plays. I think it's the blabber in between that's kind of uh, I don't I don't well it's the it's the overexcitement, it's the relying on the puns too much. It's just the like almost like he doesn't know when to be excited and when to cool it down, but like you're playing that clip and I'm like this isn't the radio feed. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. Rod Black did a good job. <laughs> Hey. So, so let's let's slow clap for Rod Black on not being a dumpster fire for once. All right. <laughs> uh, I would like to see Calgary's D line go against Edmonton's, and like, c- could they play like Red Rover or Tug of War or something? <laughs> I think tug of war would be fun. I think they should set that up like, you know, halftime, get the two D lines out there playing a little tug of war. But I feel like Calgary would use a technicality because they probably have some O lineman that plays D line uh, in his spare time and they'd bring out three <laughs> extra guys. That or better idea, Travis Curra. Okay. Royal Rumble rules in the ring, halftime, Labor Day Classic. Stampede Wrestling. Sets up the ring, McMahon Woo! Stadium. Oh, I would love to see that. That would be fantastic. But <laughs> who who would, would I feel like that would be a, like somebody would get like a a power bomb and the ring would break and we would still be left with the question unanswered of who is better. <laughs> Let's officially call Calgary Stampeders returner Roy Finch elite. He had a 103 yard punt return for a touchdown. It was last week. He had a 97 return, 97 yard return for a touchdown. This guy keeps getting it done and I don't know if he's getting the recognition he deserves. Well, we will shall officially deem him here on the Two and Out CFL podcast above average above average well done roy finch (laughs) that's right you are officially the first player in cfl podcast history to be dubbed officially above average it's a guessing game with calgary receivers i I feel like they are the team we talk least about every week because what you see is what you get although with their receivers they spread it around so well it's kind of like you flip a coin and say, okay, Markway is going to get two touchdowns this week. Devaris Daniels is going to get the touchdowns this week. Next week, ah, Mark and Mitchell. Hey, if Kamar Jordan's healthy, he'll get the ball. They just figure out ways to get things done. It's incredible. It really is, and then whoever they pick is exactly who I didn't take in CFL Fantasy, so <laughs> once I actually set my lineup later tonight, you know, that's the guy not to take. On to the second game. Winnipeg does... <laughs> They have another comeback win. They beat the Red Blacks 33-30, and the Bombers set the tone with a huge play on their first play from scrimmage. Very interesting here. The Blue Bombers huddled on the side of the field while we were away, and they run up to the line of scrimmage. Ottawa was already ready to play, so the Bombers could go up-tempo here as well. Their first series from the 31. Nichols going deep. Has Langford. What a play. Okay, what's your grade on Rod Black on that call? Uh, it's still early in the game, so his voice isn't cracking consistently. The oh my goodness, what a play is a little creative. Uh, you know, I'll give him a solid uh, decent, not enough to make my skin crawl, but that's also because I was watching that moment when that play happened, and uh, you playing it again definitely took me from 6 to midnight again. <laughs> the Bombers, officially the comeback kids or what? It was amazing. I love it. I love it so much. But it's it, it, there's a feeling with this Winnipeg team that I was uh, I watched most of the game and then I flipped on CJOB on my phone and I mowed the lawn and I just like listening to Bob Irving during a Bombers comeback. There is nothing better. So with five minutes left, I'm like, all right. I kind of had this feeling of of like, all right, they're down. This is going to be an L for Winnipeg. And then I went, wait a minute. Not these bombers, and it just happened. And let's 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 talk about how clutch that rouge was scored was. by Justin Medlock, a, a rouge that essentially changed the game. 
it makes me that whole thing just makes me so happy but yes the bombers have given me enough heart attacks could they just go out and like throttle hamilton this weekend so i can like (laughs) just drink and enjoy (laughs) like they they're never down and i i guess i do have to say since they put in the new challenge rules the the flow of the games last week i thought was awesome Oh, it was so much better. It reminded me of when I watch a CIS or a junior football game mm-hmm. where you see a 50-50 play or just a really good athletic play and you just you just accept it. You don't you're, there's not this moment of hesitation of ah geez, are they going to challenge that? It was like those two challenges were out of the way and it was just watching them play and it was fantastic. It's the way football should be. I know I wasn't on the pod last week, but man, do I ever love that rule. You, you basically you're going to force the coaches to hold on to that for one egregious missed play, which is what the rule was designed for. None of this fishy chintzy little <laughs> and it's just yeah, I I love it. I love it and last weekend's games were a great example and i could see you know i could really see there being an uptick in perhaps tv ratings and stuff now that there's not these 15 minute you know replay delays ottawa has lost five games by a combined score of 13 (laughs) (laughs) it's hard to do that Oh, that sucks so bad! I want to hug our, our, our Red Blacks fan friends. If there's anybody, if there's a Red Blacks fan you need a hug, I'm your guy. I can uh, just, uh, you know, I'll give you a hug because uh, you definitely need one because that sucks. Now, old smiling Hank got a ton of flack for a tweet he sent out last week, and I quote, You can't take the leadership of a team away and expect the same results. This is not the same Red Blacks team from the last two years. He did go on to kind of, you know, explain himself a little bit, saying he's happily retired, he's not going to come back or anything like that. But uh, I don't know if Hank should have sent that tweet out. Probably not. But on the same note, in today's day and age of athlete political correctness, I'm just glad to hear. I wish he would have doubled down, to be completely honest. I wish he would have come out and said, yes, that locker room was gutted. That is not the same team. And you know what? Screw you guys. You're not. Let's face it. They had lots and lots of subtractions after the Grey Cup. They're just they are not the same team. And it was a little it was a little disappointing to not see him, you know, double down on the comments. He backed off a little bit. So. Did he deserve the flack? Yeah, if I was a Red Blacks fan, I'd probably be pissed off too. But should he have backed off his comments? I don't think so. TJ Thorpe might continue to be a nice value pick for the Bombers. He is huge. He's hard to tackle. And Weston Dressler remains out. That's another thing for this Bomber team. Uh, Dressler's not there. And Darvin Adams, I mean, he did okay last game, but he's not, you know, you know smashing everyone there's some new guys in winnipeg getting it done yeah and it's good to see because too for too long winnipeg had to just depend on two or three guys to kind of carry the load and when they weren't there it was just it was just gross but uh, can we all take a moment here you know talking about winnipeg's receiving core can you cue up some i will remember you and we can remember the CFL career of Addison Richards, perhaps the worst draft pick that the Bombers have had since Jade Chen. A guy that when I drafted him, I said he's not even the best receiver on his own team. And after many, many injuries, he ends his CFL career with one catch. One catch. One catch. Addison Richards. I will remember you. Will you remember us, Addison? The Regina Rams suck. <laughs> the Regina Rams suck. That's right. And that's why you you they picked some guy from a sucky program and he ended up sucking up the whole joint and just being a big old suck and he was a big old marshmallow full of injuries and he's the worst suck who ever sucked in the history of guys who sucked. <laughs> the Edmonton Eskimos beat the Hamilton Tiger Cats 33-28 and it came down to the last play of the game.
Now, after that, Kent Austin tried to throw a challenge flag, but of course, he had no timeouts, so he couldn't challenge it. I do think he had a case there. Uh, the receiver did have his face mask grabbed as he was coming down. So, hey, maybe they could have given him a call there. But Hamilton blew it with their two timeouts. There was a point in the third quarter where they had 11 players on the field. So they yep. had to call a timeout there. And then with two seconds left, it was just a simple brain fart. They didn't have to call a, a timeout because, of course, in the CFL, the clock goes by the play clock. And they ended up calling a timeout with two seconds left, 20 seconds on the play clock, and that ended up costing them the ability to challenge on the last play. Is, like, Ken just losing his mind, or is he just completely checked out? Like, can we slide into this guy's DMs to see if he's got any, like, third-tier NCAA schools giving him the, you up? (laughs) They might. They might be like I, I like. What were you doing there, Kent? Also, I love the fact that you know the game ended and he couldn't challenge. So, as uh, some of your favorite wrestlers growing up would say, <laughs> "Suck it, Kent." <laughs> There's not enough good, and this is this comes from a bit from my friend John Cullen, who's uh, who's a great comedian, and he said there is not enough people saying "suck it" these days. Yeah, it's kind of went away. The, the new "suck it" is the dab. Yeah, but it's not as angry. It's I not. I felt like w- when you busted out a good suck it, like, I even remember, and again, we're grown-ass men when we're doing this, you know, you punching me in the side of the head and dropping a suck it, or me <laughs> or me once putting you in a sleeper in our buddy Brandon's basement and getting a suck it. <laughs> I don't know why people listen to this show. Uh, <laughs> to hear the dumb <laughs> we did? Now, I... I want to give credit to Zach Caleros here. On that last drive, he was running for his life. Oh, yeah. There was no protection at all from him. He made everything happen. He goes 24 of 35 for three touchdowns and a pick. And that postgame interview afterwards, he was not a happy camper. He just wants to win, and you can tell. Yeah, I it, losing sucks, and especially at a professional athlete level, like it just you, you're starting to feel for the guy. But you're right; he's trying to do everything he can to lead this team to a victory. And also, hey, he's a pretty decent. If you're thinking he's got a chip in his shoulder, you know, might be able to survive against the Winnipeg defense. It's only about eighty four hundred bucks on uh, TSN Fantasy. I kind of, I kind of like that. And Ladarius Perkins, still the starting running back for the Eskimos this week, uh, thirty five hundred on TSN CFL Fantasy. He had nineteen carries for a hundred and five yards. He did have that fumble in the fourth quarter, but maybe a little bit of a different mindset going into this game for the Eskimos. They wanted to control the clock. They're getting really banged up. The time of possession in this game, the Eskimos had the ball for thirty six minutes and fifty seconds. The Tie Cats. 2310. Yikes. They were yeah, they were it was a little one-sided despite for how close the score ended up being, but I guess yeah. Zach Laros basically running for his life and just chucking bombs out there to <laughs> save himself, but you know, that that always brings me. You know what I realized? I haven't seen a Perkins restaurant anywhere like in in, in years. Have you, Kura? No. Like I feel like, you know, they could do something. Perkins. I remember going to Perkins for breakfast. So you're saying he should open up a restaurant <laughs> and call it Perkins. <laughs> what would they serve there? Breakfast, just like the old Perkins did. Pancakes. That's right. Hash French browns toast. and not like the, and not the chunky hash browns, but like the shaved like potato hash browns. I don't discriminate against hash browns, man. But but I'm just saying, if I give you a plate, do you I want like the like, little cubed ones? Oh, no way! I'm a shaved hash brown guy. Okay, well. they soak up the egg yolk juice. Can we do fantasy hash browns next year? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe on the like four episodes I'm on next year, we can uh, <laughs> we can do it. Let me see. Let me see if there's a Perkins and Red Deer. Okay, the best fast food hash brown. It's oh, between McDonald's and A&W. I, I, I got to go with McDonald's. The A&W is a bit thicker, but it always gets stuck to the paper. <laughs> you, you like it thicker, don't you, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey? 
Uh, Mike Riley uh, achieved a milestone in this game. He passed Tom Wilkinson for second all-time in passing completions in Eskimo history. Now, Ricky Ray is number one, and he actually became the all-time passing leader in Argo history last week, a team that's been around for over 100 years. Are we taking these guys and their greatness for granted? I think we might be, especially like the Ricky Ray stat. That just that my mind just kind of boom, just kind of blew my mind. But I guess every great quarterback that the Argos have had has only kind of stuck around for a year or two. I mean, you yeah. look at Doug Flutie hasn't been around for very long. So um, also there is a Perkins uh, Restaurants and Bakery in Sudbury, Ontario. Okay, so if you're in Sudbury, we'll get check some Perkins, it out. But but make sure you get the correct. Ash Browns. <laughs> uh, the last game of the week, the BC Lions beat the Rough Riders 30-15, to and Brian Burnham does it again. Three receivers to the near side. Lulay steps up, launches Burnham, and he got it. How did he come down with that? He stole it from Eric Dargan. And shout out to Brian Warishan from the BC Lions Den podcast. You can see him celebrating on TSN, after that catch, they're coming up on their 100th ep- episode. Brent Johnson and Travis Lule will be on that next week. So congratulations on episode number 100. Also, I got to say, I know I've spoken out on the t- CFL's media policy a lot. We got to really give some love to the BC Lions players for going on the podcast with with Brian and Mojo. And for, for the fact is that that our, our, our another one of the CFL podcast network, Canadian Football Podcast Network, that that the that the Eskimo Empire have full media credentials and can request players after practice, just like somebody from TSN. Yeah. To me, that's wicked. I'm glad to see the CFL coming around, you know, on on the podcast stuff. And although we've been blacklisted. Although I do like everything the new management has done, um, but we've definitely totally been blacklisted. So I'm just glad to see that you know other guys are getting getting treated right. You haven't been on for six weeks. I don't think we should be blacklisted anymore. No, like, I think my quasi removal means that we should be off the black. Let's talk to Paula. We'll talk to the league. Just be like, listen, if we <laughs> limit our Fraser content, can we get off the blacklist? Okay. Uh, the score in this game flattered the Rough Riders. Oh, that game was yuck. If if the Lions could finish drives, they would have absolutely smashed Saskatchewan. It would have not been pretty at all. Oh, it would have been so bad. And you know it's bad when, let's face it, there is no bigger homers in the CFL Podcast Network than our boys and girl, the Piffles Podcast. (laughs) And, I, hey, I met uh, uh, Alex at the Eskimo game last week. Great guy. Good to meet him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They are all great human beings. I love them all. But they are the biggest homers that ever homered. Like, their names should all be Homer, 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 Et should be their names. Love them all to death, but seriously, that's them. And when they're starting to give it up, oh, boy, it is dark days in Saskatchewan. (laughs) Uh, The first ten rider possessions, you ready for this, John Fraser? Oh, yeah, yep. Seven punts, three turnovers. By God, is that Tino Sinceri's music? (laughs) <laughs> they are the official team of the Two and Out podcast. It's between Saskatchewan and Hamilton right now. Uh, I guess the Riders, when they play a West team, and Hamilton when they play anybody else. <laughs> but let's face it. This year could be done for the Riders here right away. Again, back to our boy Alex from Piffles. Um, he, wrote, he wrote something on their blog today that basically points out they have to sweep the Bombers and Banjo Bowl and Labor Day to even stay alive. Yeah, and we're only on week seven here, and we're already talking about crossover and whether the Riders can get into that spot. Well, let's face it, with how good the West is, that might be their only way into the playoffs. I mean, Winnipeg oh, will yeah. be leading the East. This, as a Bomber fan, I would love to see Winnipeg crossover and play through the East. I do not want to see my Bombers go on the road to play Edmonton, to play Calgary, to play BC. So, in other words, they'll go to the East, they'll make the Grey Cup, and I'll have false hope yet again. (laughs) I I actually want to give credit to the Rough Rider defense. While maybe BC's execution could have been a little bit better to finish some drives, the Rider defense was on the the field constantly. Yeah. They did okay. I mean, they didn't give a touchdown to Jeremiah Johnson, which every other team in the league has done this year. 
<laughs> their defense, you're right for being as gassed as they were. They got to be a bunch of fitness freaks. I bet you they all do CrossFit or something. No, if they did CrossFit, <laughs> they'd tell us about it. Yeah, that's true. We'd be seeing gym selfies nonstop and uh, a lot of avocado toast from Starbucks and male male yoga pants, which I will those never are, get. Wait, those are a thing now? Yes, there are Lululemons for men. Jeez. Good. I just no, got an image, John, image of let's, you and them. Let's see your closet. I want to see your closet right now. I don't believe you. Can we move on to the fact <laughs> that uh, BC's receiving core is pretty wicked? Okay, that is the uh, debate here. It's not a question, right? I don't think so. I, I don't know how it can be argued that the BC Lions have the best receiving core in the Canadian Football League. You could maybe, maybe, maybe make a case for Saskatchewan, kind of, but... But, I mean, Arsenal Burnham-Williams. Oh, wow. The Riders compete for Carter and Roosevelt. I love Bakari Grant. He's been in the league for a long time, but he's kind of your possession guy. He's, yeah, he's not going to maybe once in a while, but he's not going to get your eighty-yard play like Burnham, Manny, and Williams can all do on any given play. Yeah, and even if we say that Carter and Williams cancel out, and Arsenal and Roosevelt cancel out, there's not a person in the world not taking Brian Burnham over Bakari Grant. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I, I, it's it's all Lions in this one now. Yeah. In the game, Kevin Glenn passes wrong Lancaster, six all-time in passing yards. I find this such a fascinating debate because I see either sides of the coin. Yes. Hall of Famer or not, I totally get both sides of the argument. It's a very unique case. He has been a very, very, very good player for a very long time. But has he ever been elite? And that, to me, is the question. Has there ever been a single season in which you said, undoubtedly, Kevin Glenn is the best player at his position? I don't think so. Maybe a couple years in Winnipeg, he was on that kind of cusp, but I mean, I still would have put him behind Ricky Ray back then. Like, I just, I don't know if he is. This is not the Hall of the Very Good. It is the Hall of Fame, right? Uh, He's... To me, he's never dipped below, like, his peak to me has been a top two or three quarterback in the league, but he's never dipped below, even now I would argue that he, you know, at least is, he's definitely a starting quarterback in this league, it's just, I don't know, I don't think so, Travis. Yeah, and I I, I see either way. I I, I do see the other side, yes. Because uh, that longevity is something to be uh, commended for alone, to be able to play in a league for that long is pretty damn impressive. It is uh, impressive, but is it Hall of Fame worthy? I wonder if it changes. If he didn't break his arm in 2007, don't don't the, bring that up to me. Don't I don't know. do this to me, man. Don't <laughs> take me to a dark place. The Bombers I, beat the I can, Riders. I can, I can, in I can that hear breakup. I can hear Brazilian tie right now. Ryan didn't win, did he? <laughs> Hey, he's still got the best eyes in CFL history. Oh, he's so handsome. (laughs) Now, Brandon Bridge comes into the game in the fourth quarter. He goes six for six for 114 yards and two touchdowns. Yes, they were against backups. I will say that Deron Carter touchdown catch was not against a backup. He got it on Luchez Purifoy, who is a hell of a player. But uh, for the most part, (laughs) the big boys were sitting on the bench during that time. Should Brandon Bridge get a shot, or at what point should he get a shot? I think he needs to get a shot at some point just to see what he can do, but I just don't know. I think, well, there's still a chance to salvage the season these next few games against the West Division. You have to roll with Kevin Glenn because he gives you the best chance to win a football game, right? I mean, and it wasn't even the fact he was playing against the backups. That was a no-pressure prevent scheme. He was finding guys who were wide open. I mean, it takes a, a level of talent to do that in itself, but to me, I don't think we start having that discussion yet until the struggles in Saskatchewan. Until, I think, if Saskatchewan goes out and loses two of their next three, I think you give him the ball and say, you're the guy now. Yeah, because I would like him to start some games before 
it's over. You know, weeks 19 and 20. Yeah. I would like but, it might be, but it might be over at week 10, Trav. But but you're still playing teams that are still trying at that oh, point. Oh, yeah. And that, and that's why I, I said if, 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 if the riders are out of it like it looks like they're going to be by around Labor Day, I think you, you groom them for the starting job and give them half a season and see what happens. Yeah, if they lose Labor Day and lose the Banjo Bowl, I say throw them in there. The, the funniest stat here is that everybody's crying about Chris Jones uh, having a year and a half before the pitchforks come out. He's 0-1 on Labor Day. That is the <laughs> only stat that matters. <laughs> <laughs> and this year I hope he's 0-2. There were some damn bad rider coaches that were undefeated on Labor Day, my friend. <laughs> yes, I know. That's like a special. It takes a special kind of bad to lose on Labor But in that new stadium... Like me, I'm a bomber fan. I the way I look at it, maybe I'm I'm expecting the annual split again this year. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> Let's make the picks for this week. It's everyone's favorite game show. Are you smarter than two overweight Canadian podcasters? Pick the weekly winners in the CFL on Facebook or Twitter at Two and Out CFL. <laughs> And our picks brought to you by SeatGiant.ca. If you need tickets for anything, hit up their website. They're actually in Canadian dollars. A lot of the sites you go to to buy tickets, they're in American dollars. You get surprised with that nasty exchange rate. So buy tickets on there. They have tickets for all the CFL games. I'm actually going to the Grey Cup in Ottawa this November, and I'm looking at maybe going to a Montreal Canadiens game. They got tickets for that on there. And if you use the promo code Poutine, you get a couple percent off of your order and also supports two and out in the process. The first game of the week, it is Thursday night football, Edmonton in Ottawa. Fraser, where are you going here? I am going with the although beaten up, undefeated Edmonton Eskimos to continue rolling. I know Eski diehards hate that I play that, but that's a great version. I also hate that you play it. It's a dumpster fire. <laughs> I'm going with Ottawa here. There has to be a point where <laughs> things they even don't out. lose by a point. Yes, <laughs> or where the Eskimos keep scraping by. I, I said to a guy in the stands, "It's like the Eskimos play down." To their uh, the level of their opponent. I mean, we'll see what happens when they play the Stampeders, but I'm going Ottawa. Okay, Toronto and Montreal Friday night football. No Ricky Ray. I mean. It could be Jeff Matthews. It could be Cody Fajardo. It could be a combination because Fajardo, to me, looks like a rugby player more than a football player. That guy and, can and, run. <laughs> and he looks like the kind of guy that if he fell asleep on a keyboard, his name would be spit out on your screen. <laughs> Where are you going with this? I am going to side with the Argos and all seven and a half of their fans. I'm going to take the Argos so all eight of you celebrate, including Dart Guy. Believe it or not, I did have requests for Prozac. I know. I saw it, and I love it. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm, I'm just surprised it wasn't that uh, I'm a bummer charade. I'll be honest. I had no idea what to play during that. I just picked <laughs> the first damn thing on YouTube that popped up. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's also a good one. I'm going Alouettes. It's up to you and up to me and up to all of us. Holy 
Family Man musical picks have taken a term. That is the box. <laughs> That's that is the gross. Like like the, I had never even heard of the box until I was the music director at Wayne FM, and I literally wanted to light myself. I'm like, what is the box? And then I heard it, and my ears bled, and my eyes cried. And then next thing you know, I was selling cars. <laughs> <laughs> On Saturday, Bombers in Tigertown. Who's winning? As I will go and quote myself from earlier this podcast, suck it, Kent. <laughs> Baby, cool your jets is what I say. You never had to end this way. Killing the vibe when you up and quit. I'm glad you're gone, but you will be missed. Yeah, when I break. And I'm on my knees, because I need some breathing room. All right, I'm at the point where I need to pick Hamilton every week. So <laughs> why? Because I picked them last week. They only lost by five. At some point, you're going to look like a genius. Yes. So if I do it for the rest of the season and they lose the rest of the season, blame me, Hamilton. All right. <laughs> and, and I just love this song, so I have. I to know. Play. So do so do I. So do I. BC Lions in Saskatchewan, the home-and-home rematch on Sunday. Who wins? It's going to be a bloodbath, and the Lions are going to roll again. And once again, that beautiful, shiny, new jewel of the prairies, new Mosaic Stadium is going to be more like new, more losing stadium. From Langley, British Columbia, it is Gob. Nice <laughs> pick, by the way. <laughs> so I saw this band in Lloyd Minster at the Cooler before it became an adult establishment. Well, it was an adult establishment, just a different kind of it, adult it just, establishment. It was more like, you know, you went there, got drunk, somebody offered you Coke, you said no, somebody pulled a knife <laughs> on you outside, you got your street meat, went home in a cab, and it was a good night at the Cooler. Now it's like you show up there, they pay you way too much money, you end up getting private dances in the old green room, um, and people take their clothes off for money. And it may or may not get lit on fire under suspicious circumstances. <laughs> I'm picking the Lions as well, but my point is that I saw Gob there. I think they opened for Buck Cherry, and the crowd hated them. And the beer started flying. The band was challenging the crowd. Come on, hit me with the beers. And the fans keep pelting them with beers. It was one of the craziest atmospheres I've ever seen. So good for those guys for putting up with that. <laughs> well, I gotta say, I remember the next Buck Cherry show it, at the Cooler in Lloydminster. Everything, you had to get poured out in a plastic cup and you just couldn't get drunk. It was taking too long and if you can't be drunk at a Buck Cherry show, why the hell are you at a Buck Cherry show? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they played the Cooler. I think they were the house band for about six years there. Uh, Them and State of Shock. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> them too, man. <laughs> so, you missed the show for about six weeks in a row. Are we starting a new streak? Uh, I think we might go back to back, like the Drake song, and then after that, I'm probably going to disappear for a while again. <laughs> All right, buddy. Thanks for coming on. No problem, buddy. We'll talk to you next week. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, follow, like, whatever you do on Facebook and Twitter, tune out CFL. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.